Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and some lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, a creative dynamo, here to talk about not one, not two, but three people they credit to their sexual awakening. Danielle Grubb, a musician, Rubik's Cube enthusiast, cosmonaut, and inspiring Sphinx cat parent, who has an exciting film series in the works, The Fall of Jameson Roy Film. We sh- we're going to get to that later, but right now, let's get to this trio of sexual awakenings that date back to the turn of the millennium. Danielle, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So we're <laughs> going to talk about sexual awakenings, and for those who hear that and are a little bit confused, these are the types of crushes that not only make you feel a certain type of way in certain areas, but also give you an insight into the type or types of people you'd want to be with as well as our sexualities, which for you, with three distinct crushes throughout the years, I'd say your various sexual awakenings could be likened to more of a journey of self-discovery over time without Mm -hmm. revealing who they are just yet. Would you agree with that, that these three allowed you to discover new layers of yourself? For sure, yeah, I would say that for sure. Do you think there are still some things that are left to discover about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like as you get older, you know, your um, preferences and like expectations and needs change. And it's always like an ongoing conversation, you know, with yourself and with other people. So, yeah. All right, we're going to get to these crushes right now. When your first crush, or sexual awakening, I'd rather, came into light, the world was almost a full year out from the fears of Y2K. You were a mere eight years old watching the remake of a classic 70s TV show on the big screen, Charlie's Angels, when you saw her, Drew Barrymore. Was it more the character in the movie or just her as a whole? Because back then, Drew was working. But then again, I don't think maybe your parents weren't comfortable with you watching Scream. But, you know, what what was it about Drew Barrymore? Oh, goodness. Um, Okay, it's kind of a long story. Go ahead. (laughs) um, I guess my, my parents, I have an older sister. And so my parents had the sex talk with me and my sister at the same time so I I guess I got it ahead of some people (laughs) Um, but when we were we would have like movie nights as a family and but we had like code words for specific things that we weren't allowed to watch just yet Mm -hmm. Um, but there I guess when I was eight eight or nine my sister was nine and ten or ten or eleven and so they were, they were like forgetting to call things out. So the, the word for nudity was cauliflower. And um, there's, I guess there's a scene in that movie where she like falls from a window mm-hmm. and she gets like unraveled and it's like her silhouette. And that was like the first time that I had seen um, like, a, like a feminine figure 
and I was, you know, it, it was explained to me in the sex talk that I was supposed to, there was just certain expectations of, of who I was supposed to interact with, you know, whenever I got to that point in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, seeing her, or see, seeing, seeing the figure, I was like, oh, I think that's probably something that I am attracted to um, and will be seeking out. Um, and then I guess I started her as a person. She's kind of cool too. <laughs> she's, she's cool. She's got like a vineyard somewhere I've heard. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that was like the, that's the first one. And I think from there, it kind of like took me on this journey. I was like identifying as lesbian at the time. Like when I got to, uh, like middle school and high school and so that had like a big impact on like my identity and my sexual identity and like um uh gender identity at that time so your parents they were like okay we have one that's a little older so we're just gonna get just knock these conversations out together yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it's smart because people there's people that think like a certain age maybe eight is a little too young for a sexual awakening but I think those people are wrong because when I was five I remember watching Dirty Dancing and Patrick Swayze made me feel things as five. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why my mom was letting me watch that kind of movie in kindergarten and she was but since this was the first time a uh, cauliflower kind of made you feel something about Drew Barrymore before that did you have crushes in like school or was this the first person where you're like okay um i had i had one crush in like kindergarten um his name was kyle but like i had a crush on him specifically because he was the only other kid in the class that his family was from jamaica Mm -hmm. and i was like and so I just convinced myself, I was like, I'm going to marry Kyle when I get older because our, our families are from the same place. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, besides besides Kyle, no, I didn't really have any crushes. Have you ever looked up Kyle today? Um, well, he came up on my like Facebook a couple of years ago <laughs> as like a suggested friend. And, and like, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Like, no, Kyle, we've moved on. <laughs> we've moved, yeah, we're over it, Kyle. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> My kindergarten crush was Kenny, and it's only because we had the same babysitter. <laughs> and he was around. <laughs> so, um, while we're still, we still have a ways to go in terms of acceptance when talking about LGBTQA plus community. I mean, we've come a long way in the past 20 years, but back then when you um, had your cauliflower moment with Drew, I mean, did you know what that meant for you to start maybe identifying as lesbian? Did you know like that term at all? Um, No, I didn't know that term. And it was, ah, wow, that's actually a really good question because I was experiencing like a lot of things at the same time, like like sort of like coming into like my own like body, like how my body was turning out to be. And then, you know, trying to find uh, like reflection, I guess. And so um, I didn't really, no, I had to like, I had to like search, like 
I had to like go into um I was in like a like a like a chat room one time when I was younger but it was like it was for it was for like teens it was like a teens chat room um and you it was like linked through MySpace I think um <laughs> and so I had to like ask questions and like find people and like join these communities and like be very secretive about like what I was trying to figure like I didn't know the questions to ask um at the time so it was just a lot of like I don't know secret I had the internet so secret secret searching on the internet for communities That's um, oh sorry <laughs> so I think like the internet definitely helped a certain generation a lot more than I grew up in the 90s so it was like no <laughs> no <laughs> we had Ellen and then we had Will and Grace you know it was like that was kind of the internet. yeah it was like it yeah then. for sure I had to do like where, how old were you in the 90s, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I was born in 87, so that's kind of, okay. my childhood is straight 90s. Like, I was Backstreet Boys, Titanic, I was in it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm 92, so my I'm like not, too, not too far, but um, yeah, like, I was, we, I don't know, we, I kind of lucked out because the internet was like, like, dial-up was happening, but then, <laughs> like, <laughs> the all the other stuff was happening right after <laughs> so i kind of was able to get access to more information i feel like at an easier it was easier for me i feel like with the internet um i didn't with like media though it was a little bit just because my family like didn't really i don't know it was just so out of, so far out of like my family's scope at the time mm-hmm. i just had to i had to go to like youtube and like find like um, the L word and like uh, what's the queerest folk? But then there's like another one, Noah's Ark and all that. Um, I had to like go find those shows um, just by searching through YouTube for like clips of things. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you watch those in secret? Because my family, I I identify I'm cis. And, um, but I love Queer Folk. That was my favorite show, all-time show. Brian Kenny's my favorite TV character ever. And I would watch, my family didn't care, I watched it, but they, the intro was a little much for them. <laughs> so did you ever watch, did you have to like hide watching those? I did, yeah, I did. And I, I so the first, okay, so the first, the first LGBT film I owned was, Itty Bitty Titty Committee by, uh, I think it's Jamie Babbitt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the writer-director. Um, so I had that, I was like ordering these like films and I would hide them in my closet in this box and then I would, you know, watch them on my laptop. Um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I would I would for sure watch them in secret. And then, you know, I had like a couple of friends who, who were like interested in those films too. And so we would like talk about them. Yeah, a little secret group going on. Yeah. (laughs) So unfortunately you and Drew parted ways when you hit high school. Any particular reason your crush on Drew Barrymore kind of fizzled out at the time? Um, (laughs) I think I, I started dating people. And so I was like, I was like focused on (laughs) whoever my partner was at the time. Oh, you've um, got a life. 
<laughs> I guess so, yeah. Me, me in my late 20s, that's when I started. Okay, cool. <laughs> my crushes had to last till then. So by 18, someone new came into the picture. Mr. Tom Hardy. Unlike Drew, this crush is still active as it was as active today as it was back in 2010 when you were watching Inception. While I don't think he's ever gotten the title or the cover, this is a man that many would consider people's sexiest man alive. So we're on the sexual awakening journey with you right now. What about Tom Hardy or that character awoke a new layer in you? You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Um, he's okay. He's like, he's so masculine, but he's like very gentle when he speaks, you know, like he's very thoughtful and like intentional. <laughs> I don't know. That's, His voice that's, doesn't match. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, yeah, it does. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm like out on the roof. Um, um yeah it was it was so i forget i don't even know if it's like and it also this the suits that he wears in that in that film very nice suits he <laughs> looks very good in the suit um but yeah he was just so it was just like the first time that um i saw like it was like masculinity that wasn't uh i don't know i don't want to just say toxic i don't want to like lump it all in a like the toxic masculinity category but it felt it didn't feel toxic to me it felt like yeah like thoughtful and intentional about like when he was like being masculine and when he you know was just chilling um and he's also just an amazing actor I kind of like went (laughs) there's yeah I, I will watch anything that he's in probably um do you like Venom? Venom oh my goodness I haven't I haven't seen Venom, but it's I do so like Venom. I so I used to collect like the like some of the Spider-Man comics and <laughs> some of the Venom comics, and so I'm like afraid to watch. Sometimes it takes me a while to watch whenever they they make like a comic book into um, into a film because I'm like I'm holding on to my little to um, how I feel about it. <laughs> but I was worried yeah. because like sometimes those films are. You know, you're just like, uh. but this one, I loved it. I thought it was this beautiful story of a man and his symbiote. I loved their, I loved his interaction with, you know, the thing in him. I just thought they were so fun. I thought I said it was a rom com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, see, I'll see that makes me. I'll watch it. That makes that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> I, I'm so excited for the sequel. I was like, this better get a sequel because they said, you know, they set it up for one. So I was like. Yes. Cool, cool. I, yeah, let me. I'll catch up on that. After like Black Panther, Thor, Ragnarok, um, this and the Wandavision, I think this is one of the better. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Wandavision, but people keep recommending it to me. I'm a TV. I love TV, so that was like mostly why I like to watch it. But it did get interesting. The story. Mm-hmm. I like Thor. So. Before we talk about your third sexual awakening crush, which spoiler is your fiance, um, because you're engaged and your crush on Tom Hardy still remains active, is he your agreed upon hall pass? 
Um, no, I, if you, okay, so if you want to talk about it, um, my partner and I are both polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, I guess it's not really like a hall pass. It's kind of just, we like, we both have a crush on Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, so, Tom, if you find this, hit him up. <laughs> 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 your third and final crush we're going to talk about today is your lovely fiance who you met just last year when you made a joke about aliens that caused them to slide into your dms first off what was that joke okay so my oh my goodness my roommate was mowing our lawn and but he was doing it in a really weird way where it looked like crop circles mm. and so i was taking a video of my backyard as like a like an alien doc series <laughs> it was like narrating how <laughs> the crop circles were arriving in my backyard um, and they thought it was really funny um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's what it was um, that's that's it that's what this love connection happened crop circle yeah <laughs> are you uh planning a wedding so we we've decided we did a lot of planning in the first year of our relationship mm-hmm. um, we like moved together <laughs> across the country and so we decided that we were gonna just wait a second um and just you know bask in 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 the joy of the relationship for a little bit before planning that so and there's a few things that we both want to do um but i think I don't know, in the next, not this year, but the, the following year, we'll probably start planning uh, for our wedding. But we do, we have like, we have some like, some themes like that we're talking about and like some colors that we're thinking about. So I guess we're still planning. I don't know. We're both Capricorns. Okay. So Will crop circles <laughs> be involved in the themes? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. No spoilers. Maybe like... <laughs> Something alien-like as maybe, uh, what are they, the little, the gift you give the guests? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Whatever it's called. Yeah. As with Drew and Tom, they awoke something different in you. What was it about, what about Hedda? What, what awoke, what did she, or they awaken you? So they, they were very, like, uh, they've, so, okay, the way that I've, let me, let me see if I can explain this. So the way that I have always interacted with um, my sexuality was, it was usually like in a gendered way because of some expectations that people had put on me and expectations that I put on myself. Does that make sense without being too vague or? That makes sense. Okay. And so, my partner is agender and the way that they express themselves they're kind of like devoid of gender so it's like whenever we interact um in 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 intimate ways there's always room for me to express what i am wanting and needing um regardless of expectation of presentation Mm -hmm. and so that kind of that allowed me to like actually like reconsider like what my needs and what my wants were for like you know I think probably the first time ever um I feel like regardless if we are doing it consciously or subconsciously like we we 
try to we we gender our activities and our actions a lot and um you know when whenever we stop doing that you can actually get to the point of um you know i want this because this feels good as opposed to you know putting an expectation on yourself so they were truly a sexual awakening yeah <laughs> <laughs> truly to the full extent so I feel like our crushes, whoever they are, definitely help shape who we ultimately find ourselves wanting to spend our lives with. Do you feel like your fiance possesses anything that you saw in or liked about Drew Barrymore and or Tom Hardy? Um, my my fiance is for sure like the crush of my dreams and like embodies <laughs> like different things about probably all the, all the things that I've ever wanted. Um, in a, in a life partner for sure um with like every crush i've ever had it's like i'm like yeah you you're like all of my crushes but none of my crushes <laughs> at the same time um, so we initially connected when i interviewed you interviewed you for zoe magazine about your music then i asked you to compare your album to a favorite dish you said your sound was comparable to a caribbean curried goat meal now I have to end our chat today asking you sort of the same question, but I'd like you to share with us what flavors you feel these three crushes represent best and why. Make us the meal. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Ooh, uh, <laughs> Drew, ba- Drew Barrymore is like um, like a pasta and wine combo. Mm-hmm. Like a red wine, like a red wine pasta maybe like i don't know like an alfredo sauce with mushrooms i think um my fiance is like um really spicy chilaquiles uh, vegan chilaquiles really spicy vegan ch- ch- chilaquiles and then i think tom hardy tom hardy is probably like probably like a steak with like some mashed potatoes <laughs> <laughs> you know and some like asparagus like nothing too nothing too crazy but like still very good and consistent all right well those are all <laughs> really good meals yeah <laughs> i'd probably eat the tom hardy one cool because i love potatoes <laughs> yeah so now it's time to tell us more about your film series the fall of jameson one all right um so it's about a few different things and it is a trilogy so it takes place it jumps between periods of time um and we follow this character jameson roy who um is trying to navigate their purpose and friendship and love and in the first film um we have Jameson, we have one of their best friends, Charlie. Um, we have a, uh, a modern version of a uh, thunder god, Jupiter. And then we have um, a Venusian alien named Sarah, who shows Jameson, you know, a bit about himself, and history, and takes them on a, on a sets them on a large um, so yeah, that's 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 the the gist, I guess. It's about a lot of things, but um, that's the gist of the first one. 
Um, if you want me to be more specific, let me know. Is this uh, something you've been working on for a while outside of music? Have you always wanted to do film? Um, you know, I actually kind of, I did always want to do film, like since I was pretty young, it was something I wanted to get to do. Um, but this specific project, I started working on it right before COVID. And we were gearing up to, you know, get all the people together to start filming. Um, and then quarantine happened and everything kind of halted. We, you know, we were going to turn it into a graphic novel. Um, but then we didn't, you know, didn't do that. And it's it's been something that I wanted to do for, for a while. And I think that this is um, probably one of my favorite things that I've, that I've created. Um, and I'm excited to, to, to share it with everyone. I'm excited to, for when it's rocked. Are you going to be doing the music for it as well? Yes. So the music actually is intertwined with the plot. Um, all of, there are three albums um, that are going to go with each film. So the first film goes with the album The Fall of Jamison Roy. And it is mostly the songs um, on that record. Some of them are performed a cappella. Um, but they sort of help with the narration of the movie and um, take on different purposes throughout the film. It sounds like you have a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of creative good stuff going on. Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your sexual awakening crushes. Everyone, you can find all of Danielle's information below in the description. And until next time, keep crushing it.